Guest of Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is Orchada AJ. Orch- Orchada AJ. We're coming at you with season five, episode 28, Devilry on the Dingle, part two. It's the stunning and spooky conclusion of the haunting of Martha. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points of Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. I realized the last episode I didn't edit out the clunk. clunk. Oh. So sorry if you yeah, heard that. Right. You did, because I did not edit that out. <laughs> God damn it. I think you still have time to go change the file, don't you? No, I, I mean, I could, but I already exported it. That's yeah, fine. I'm not going to. No so, it's not the first time. It's fine. Yeah, it won't be the last. Yeah. Until we figure out why the fuck it keeps doing that. But, yeah, you know. I mean, it's just fucking shitty cable. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it might be the cable, just like the beginning and ending of the signal. That's my guess. Welcome back. Yeah. Happy Monday. Hello. How was your last week? Oh, it's oh, been... That's right. Yeah, we sat here, it's watched... 20 minutes. Yeah. Watched I, a little video and watched me devour some carnitas fries. Yeah. I got to be the feeder, and yes. AJ got to be the gainer. Uh, but yeah, you guys had to wait a week. It's been less than half an hour for me. So it's fantastic. So we're not going to do a recap. Yeah. Just kidding. Aaron Ferguson <laughs> slash Aaron O'Gribbon or something. O'Connor. <laughs> uh, you know, with Martha, is that ringing any bells? Is bringing it back? Yeah. yeah, you yeah, want, yeah. I can I can do it so that it refreshes my memory a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. So Aaron gets in a car accident and meets the love of her life, Ed. Okay. And Aaron and Ed have a good relationship, but- Unfortunately, as all things do when you get married in the 90s. I was in like, Ireland, I'm married, you bastard. <laughs> in Ireland. Uh, they get married, and she finds out that mother in law lives in the front fucking room and is bedridden. So, Aaron has a crisis um, of, I can't think of the word, but identity. I, an identity crisis, and she's struggling. And then Martha. Has a fucking stroke, and they take her to the hospital. Some weird things start to happen that night, like a door knocking, uh, her bedroom door knocking, um, and then Martha dies, and the room smells really bad for like a year, and in the winter, flies are like cut in half and just piled up at the windows. And then she puts stuff in the room, and it still fucking stinks, and... Her oh yeah, and they have a kid, um, and the uh, the pictures of her son are face down in the morning. Yeah, every time she up. walks in the yeah. room. Also, the priest has a fucking key to their front door. So here we are. Yeah, that part's really fucking weird. Really I keep strange. thinking about that. Like, you know, ugh. priests are fucking strange, man. They're weird. Creepy. Yeah. Okay, so that's the recap. So yeah, we're caught up. Um, we're going to cruise through this one because it is midnight here. Yeah. Oh, it is actually midnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. I just got clinicals in 48 hours. Grand. It's At least fantastic. it's 48 and not four. Well, it's more like 40. It's more like At least 32. It's, at least it's 32 and not four. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> All right. So we'll come back and 
you know, the, the pictures are showing up face down. Every time she goes in, she talks to Ed about it. Ed's not doing it. And Ed is slowly becoming more detached from Quentin, their child, and Oh, because I know that initially he was He was, he was great like, for like the yeah, first year until the birthday dad. came up. Yeah, that's right. He wouldn't let them have a birthday. Yeah, because he didn't have a birthday. Ooh, and my dad tradition. didn't let me have a birthday. Nothing and like, his dad didn't let him have a birthday. Nothing like passing neglect down through the, exactly. through the family. A recurring theme. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Weird. Um, so, yeah, just continue to have weird experiences hearing our name called, hearing like a door knock going oh, and nothing's right. there. Yeah. Stuff just is kind of moved around, but it's nothing crazy. It's not like poltergeist shit flying around, but it's like. Like indiscernibly, like if I moved my drink coaster two inches. Also, um, I know that we aren't really in anything crazy yet, but there's a bit of a trigger warning this episode. Yeah. That we discussed talking about before, forgot about it. So no, no, I already forget about it. Episode, I was going to do it before. Oh, okay. Okay, before cool. I wasn't sure content. if you wanted to do it at the start yeah. of the episode. I mean, it's a good right warning. Before. If yeah, you're it, sensitive to certain terrible, horrible topics... I will warn you before I start talking about the worst of it. Okay, cool. Okay? I'll walk out when... No. Yeah, you'll walk out for it. I know you have to sit through this. If I had to sit through it, read it, and make notes on it, then... That's fair. Oh, yeah, That's and fair. I probably should have talked about... Uh, this is from the book The Dark Sacrament, not The Black Sacrament from Skyrim. The Dark Sacrament talks about a bunch of possession stories in the 80s and 90s and uh, around in and around Ireland. Okay. Really, really interesting book. I've talked about it before. Honestly, I just got it because I heard a different podcast years ago cover one of the stories, and then I bought it for the Halloween episode. But every once in a while, I go back and read just oh, yeah. a little bit because I thought it was going to be all really stupid. But they are all very interesting, compelling stories. So good. Hell yeah! All right, now that we did the intro. Did the recap and then intro it again. Yeah. Now we'll come back to we're the back story. Back to it. So she, so she's, she has a lot of time to actually self respect, respect, self reflect. <laughs> okay. And she's thinking back to the funeral, thinking about what she knows about Ed and his siblings. And his weird fucking family. Weird family. And he's like, I think they all hate each other. Like, huh? His brothers are kind of in the. So Ed is a contractor. His brothers are plasterers. Okay. No idea what the fuck his sister does. Oh, I didn't but even... But they're weird. Yeah. So I know they just wanted to get through the funeral. Yeah, yeah. They were, like, not sad at all. I mean, how could you really be all that sad when Martha's dead? That's yeah, about like a, fucking Martha. That's a celebration. bitch. That's when you break out the margaritas. Yeah, right? Um, And he, she basically was like, well, obviously, knowing Martha, their parents were terrible, and knowing that he didn't get a... None of them got birthdays growing up. Okay, they come from shitty parents. Like, that explains yeah. how weird and fucked up they are. Okay, mm. that makes sense. <clears throat> so we kind of, you know, life just kind of goes on. Quentin's being raised. Ed starts coaching a football youth team. That's Irish football. Yeah. Footy. No. Footy. And uh, he starts coaching it, co-coaching it with Father Lyons. Oh, God. Uh-oh. They, yeah, it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. Father Lyons would... Drive up in his, I think he had a Mercedes. Probably. It's funded by the church. Yeah. Pick up Ed, and then they go coach, and then come back. And I don't know what kind of football. I don't know if it was closer to, like, a rugby, or oh, if it was, maybe. like, soccer football. I, sure. I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure soccer football. But basically, whenever she would call him, 
when they were when he was coaching, he he would always like pick up blah blah blah, and then there would be like a a kid would start fucking crying, like ah, it was like fuck, they keep getting hurt, they're idiots, <laughs> like yeah. they're just dumb kids, they keep getting hurt, so I'll call you back. Whatever. He's just beating the shit he's, out of all of them. He's like, oh, my bitch of a wife is calling, beating the shit. Oh, sorry. Just fucking just, strangling just as an excuse. some kid. Just You're going to run not talk for to my 90 wife. fucking minutes. So help me God. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, as I was mentioning, he completely lost interest in Quentin at this point. Like, Damn. completely. His siblings didn't even acknowledge that they had a nephew. What? Yeah, really? like they, they never brought him gifts when they... Came around to the house. Like, there, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, yeah, the kid. Yeah. And, you know, this was slowly and over time, and she kind of normalized it. Like, so many women do with yeah. red flags in relationships. Yeah. They just, oh, well, it's not that's that bad. That's just how he is. Oh, they can yeah. change. Oh, that's just how he is. Oh, that's normal. You know, whatever. Don't do that. Yeah, not at all. If he sucks and he's a piece of shit, leave him. Please, there are better people out there. So one day, um, kind of trigger warning, not really. Nothing really, nothing happens. It's just scary. Okay. Okay, one day she hears voices coming from Martha's room, okay. which is the sitting room. She's like, oh, that's fucking weird. Nobody goes in there unless we have guests. Yeah. Because it doesn't stink as bad anymore. Oh, okay. Well, that's a plus. And she's like, okay, that's weird. So she goes in and she found Dan, which was Ed's brother, in there with Quentin. And Quentin oh. is sitting on the windowsill where all those flies used to be. Yeah. And Dan is trying to unbutton his shirt. Oh. And she goes ballistic, as you would, rightfully so. Yeah. Says, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're not ever going to see this kid again. Yeah. If you come around here, I'm going to call the police. Go unalive yourself, like... Yeah, get the fuck out. <clears throat> yeah, and she's like, oh my god, she was shook up. Like, horribly, as you would be. Like, now obviously, that's that's horrific. Yeah. <clears throat> and, let's see, another time. This was a, another weird event. Nothing really happened for a while. Just every once in a while, the weird voices or a knock or nothing crazy. But... Uh, Father Lyons was in their kitchen having tea, waiting for Ed to come downstairs because they were going to go out somewhere for a parish meeting or something. I don't fucking know. And the father says, yo, Aaron, things okay in your relationship? Like, in the bedroom? I, I do a, a, a marriage counseling oh, thing. Oh, dude, always. If, you know, if you're interested... I've seen how sexually pent up Ed is with the, yeah. the soccer boys. So she she's like, what the fuck? She just doesn't know what to say. Yeah. Super and Ed comes downstairs and she said it was like they planned the conversation. It was just so really? weird. Because he came downstairs and the priest said, because, you know, you don't want to lose a good catch like this. And he like grabs his arm. They do it like a predator handshake. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he like. You don't want to lose a catch like this guy. And then he puts his arm around his shoulders and they walk out the door. And I was like, this, that's the most surreal, weirdest thing. Yeah, it's just thing. so uncanny. Like, there's so many points of this story where uncanny is the perfect description. Where it's just like, something's going on. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. Like, it. she was what so worried fuck? about talking about this. Yeah. Even with I'm her friends sure, or family. Dude. Because 
if you just talk about it, you sound like you're insane. Because it sounds like it's out of like a it sounds 70s like you're being, sitcom. Yeah, it sounds like you're being gang stalked. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just sounds like she's paranoid. So, mm-hmm. like, how do you describe that? Yeah. Everybody would just say, oh, it just sounds like they were just bros. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they're like friends. They're obviously close it. friends. Yeah. Because they hang out all the time. They, uh, coach the team they together. They coach the team together. The they go to buds. parish meetings. Like, they're involved in the local, like, Catholic church stuff. Ed's known him for a long fucking for a time. Long ass time. <clears throat> so it's it's just weird. And she thinks about that. And she's like, that was such a weird situation. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of reflected on they hang out together like a lot. Like daily kind of thing? Like or? almost daily. Oh, okay. It's a common thing that they would stay out late at night. Like, she thought when they first got married that it was, a lot of it was clients out late. No, he just go hang out with Father Lyons. Oh, really? And then at like 1 a.m., Father Lyons drops him off. What? So that's what it was the whole time when they first got married? Yeah. That's what most of I mean, he did work a lot as well. But yeah. part of it was he was also just hanging out with Elder Lyons. And, just fucking drinking with Lyons. Yeah. Like, huh. it's the weirdest thing. So that night, actually, she was like, I... Having a hard time sleeping, just like, this is really fucking weird. I've been seeing weird shit, but am I going insane? Yeah. Because she's not very religious. She was raised Catholic, but not really devout. So a lot of this is just like, I must be going insane. Like, something's going on. And, you know, that night she heard the car pull up, the door open, and she's like, okay, something weird's going on. So she goes into Quentin's room, which is across the hall, where the door, where the car is, and she looks out the window at the car. Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's Father Lion's car, no problem. Ed gets out, closes the door, you know, gets his stuff. Kisses him goodbye. And then Lyons gets out. And she saw them, and I quote, passionately embracing. Yeah, he does kiss him goodbye. I knew it. And she loses it. Oh, I'm sure, dude. She's like, okay. My husband's been cheating on me with the local priest. Yeah, with the... Like oh, that, my God. With the priest who has a key to my house. Yeah. Who's been spending time with Martha. Jesus Christ. Like, who has been... Like, do they even coach the soccer team? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, these parish meetings are just meetings to pair yeah. ass. Yeah. Eh, yeah, it works. Yeah, it yeah. was close. Something. Sorry. It was worth a shot. <clears throat> I'm off my A game. <laughs> so she freaks out. Yeah. She locks her door. Naturally. Her bedroom door where Ed sleeps as well and just ignores Ed as he tries to get into the room. She, he doesn't have a key. The next morning, Ed confronts her and says, what the fuck? You locked me out of my bedroom. Like, what's going on? Well, and did you go sleep with Father Parrish down in Martha's room? Father Parrish? Father Lyons? Yeah, Father Lyons, sorry. I don't know why I'm At thinking At the parish, parish rooms? Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, and she says it. She fucking, good for her. Yeah. She stands up and said, I saw you when you got out of the car. Good. I saw what happened. You want to talk to me about that? Yeah. Like, let's do it. And he said- Fucking discuss this. And he said- Oh, yeah, I thought you knew. We've been lovers for years. Just totally nonchalant. What? Yeah. I only married you because Lyons suggested I get, I marry a woman to keep the gossip down. Because people were starting gossip that we spend a lot of time together. I thought you knew about this. What are you talking about? Yeah, I only married you and knocked you up as a cover oh for my, my actual God. relationship. What? 
Yeah. And it it totally furthers nonchalant. the thing is it furthers the paranoia. You can't tell someone about that and be like and he was so nonchalant about it. They'd be like, "No." No, like the whole thing is just so entire it's uh, the whole thing is just like so unbelievable with like you said how uncanny it all is like yeah it's just like you can't you can't vent to someone about this without them being like bro come on that's not what he said and yeah even if you explain and say it is they're like you're kind of losing it like, or like they get you, more worried about you rather than the situation that you're in and how you can get out like, yeah maybe did they tell you and you just forgot and blocked yeah. it out or oh, whatever like man what the fuck like they are everything has been set up to pre-gaslight Aaron from yeah. talking to anybody else it's the most the craziest situation wild thank god Martha's dead yeah thank god Martha's dead hang on to that because that's the only ray of positivity for a hot minute I'm sure okay so oh. he just kind of says yeah oh that's what it is uh, and he just kind of said yeah we're, we're lovers and here's the trigger warning huge huge okay. we're this is it gets if you think it's dark it gets dark like worse than albert fish dark oh what it's really bad okay um so you know you're probably good for the end of the episode and everybody lived happily ever after yeah okay i will tell you in the end aaron and quentin are fine oh if you want to end it here please do yeah big old trigger warning on the way <laughs> all right that's been enough time um, so basically she's sitting there like shocked and it pops into her head. She's like, because, okay, so this is the nineties. Yeah. So there's been a lot of misinformation about people being gay, not being, you know, uh, appropriate around children. Shit like that was out as a, an idea. It's yeah. obviously not true. If you're, uh, if you're gay, you're not a pedophile automatically. Like that's ridiculous. But this is the '90s, and it's and they're in this is a pre, very pre-pride. Area. This is a Catholic area, so she immediately thinks you've been coaching those kids, and every time I call you, they're they're kids crying on the other line. Like, what the fuck are you doing with them? Yeah, and he doesn't respond to that, and he just says he basically grabs her and brings her to Martha's room, and he loses it. He snaps the fuck out of nowhere, and he just says. Me and my siblings were raped in this bedroom by my father every day for oh, as long as I can remember. God. And then they made us rape each other. Jesus. Like, and when my father died, it was the best day of my life. And then to make money, Martha would bring over some gentleman callers to then rape her children. What? For money. That was his entire childhood and all of his siblings' childhood. So even after his dad died, his mom was still enabling the oh, yeah. abuse. And Jesus. she was getting money for it because she never what worked. The fuck? But so they that's, paid off why, the house. that's why the father had a key. I don't know why the father had a key. That's what I would assume. The father had a key. The father had free roam. The father was only 46. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. No, father had full roam because he's the lover. Yeah. You know, before Aaron had to show up. Jesus. She is purely, yeah, 
she walked into a real bad situation. She you crashed, drove her car say. into a really bad situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then it gets worse. He becomes an adult. He moves, uh, he, you know, well, he can't really move away from the situation. He's kind of, you know, that abuse is so horrible. Like, he's still caring for his mother. Yeah. You know, he's, the lady he's who taking, himself yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, he started to take revenge by assaulting children. Oh, man. On, in the football team, in the church parish, Fuck. with Father Lyons. What? Yeah. They were both doing it. Jesus. And it's implied heavily that all of his siblings were too. Obviously, because Dan was already trying to mess yeah, with yeah. Quentin. Yeah, like, that's true. And she's obviously like, what would you even say in that situation? You're faced with just this. Yeah. Out of nowhere, like. Literally two hours ago, she was living a different life. Yeah. And she freaks out. She says, but what about Quentin? And he says, nothing. Nothing with that kid. The kid's fine. He's like, Nothing. he's ugly. I'm he's good. not my type. <laughs> and he storms off. Jesus. And it's October 2003 now. So this is early 2000s, I should say. And he storms off. Quentin, just below the age of six, and she drives away. She picks up Quentin and just drives. Yeah. 250 miles away to her mother's God house. Damn. She gets out. She says, I'm, this is. I mean, that's what you would do. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no other yeah, for real way that you do that, that you do anything else. So she drives away. She gets, she drives away from the Dingle Peninsula. Thank God. Fuck that peninsula. And she gets, <clears throat> she, yeah, she goes to her mother. Quentin's now in a much better, you know, family life because yeah. you got grandma who's awesome. You get mom who's not horribly stressed out anymore. Yeah, for real. Um, you know, she's able to work part time. She gets both of them therapy. Oh, good. Like she's mother of the year. She fucking does it. Yeah. She just goes, says, and she. There's a whole couple of pages where she's just talking about how being a mother changed exactly what she was going to do. And like before, if she wasn't, she would have just ran away, but never would have had to deal. Never would have dealt with it. Yeah. But because she had a kid and she needed to be there for Quentin she she did everything that she could like yeah. he got his first just friend because oh. there were no kids really in the yeah. rural area and any of the kids didn't want to fucking come hang out with Quentin yeah. because old diddly dad yeah, yeah diddly dad is there Jesus yeah. and it was like it was great he went to school he started going to school yeah he got friends she meets new friends and reconnects with some old ones, and things are going well. And because of that kind of much better situation that Quentin's in, he starts to talk uh -huh. about some of his experiences before. Um, just that he he wasn't he wasn't raped, thank goodness. But he yeah. was definitely sexually assaulted. Like they tried to get away with it, but Aaron Every, was always there. Yeah. They, Aaron was, was always, always basically cock blocking them. Yeah, good. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. So she's worried, you know, like, because that's still going to do some damage. Mm -hmm. 100%. And, you know, just on an off chance, she, like, went to visit a friend who lives on the coast. Mm -hmm. An old friend. She reconnects with him. She's a child psychologist. Doesn't, doesn't understand where they're from, like, what yeah. they're, what's happening. Just heard, oh, she's no longer with her husband. And she falls in love with the coast. So they move out there. 
Yeah. They, friend becomes their next door neighbor. Her kid becomes his her kid's best friend. And she's a child psychologist, so she kind of gets the story yeah. and says, okay, Aaron, this is what you need to look out for. Okay. Like, this is what to look out for. If you see this, come to me. Like, we, like it's basically home counseling all the time if you need yeah. it. Best situation. Like, I'm so happy. Such a great situation. Most of the stories in this book end with people killing themselves. Yeah. So, like, this is this was such a surprise. Like, they had to, this was the last story in the book. So they had to finish it yeah. on something, something decent. Even with how terrible, God damn. horrible all of this was. Like, the world that just fell apart in a day. Yeah. And then it made sense. Literally overnight. And we're not even talking about the paranormal stuff that was happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still confused on all the weird paranormal shit. We're not even talking about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. So, yeah, she, she gets a bungalow. Like, they're door opens to a backyard and then a beach like sun is Damn, always in dude. there it's the best place they could go to heal yeah and just completely be separate mm -hmm. she files for a divorce obviously she gets an attorney oh. and she starts sending letters and making calls to the local police yeah i was gonna say hopefully and starts reporting them like hey these, this is what's happening like these kids on that soccer team are being assaulted like this is fucked up good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't get some responses back, and she starts receiving phone calls. This was when she was still at her mother's house. I should say that. I kind of went out oh, over her. Sorry. No, you're okay. Back at her mother's house when, you know, when this was more fresh is when she was, you know, getting the divorce and doing the letters. She starts getting anonymous phone calls that say, if you don't drop this, you're going to be taken care of. The fuck? And... We know where you live. We know where you are. You're at your mother's house. Like, basically, you know, the siblings. Oh. And the people involved probably, you know, who knows. Yeah, people that Father people Lyons, them, Ed yeah. themselves could be calling and just. Members of the church that are weird as fuck that uh, are I would say to probably the siblings because. Yeah, I could see the siblings rude. though, but. Um, but basically saying, can't stop doing this. Like, Stop sending letters. You're, they're not going to get there. What the Whatever fuck? it is. And then she moves. So that's yeah. another oh, okay. reason why she moves is because she started getting the weird phone calls. But, you know, life is good. The kid got, got counseling. Good. She got counseling because that's yeah. fucked up. She's not depressed anymore. And she gets a phone call one day in her new house, and it's her divorce attorney. And the divorce attorney is like, hey, everything's looking good. Like... Things are processing through. He gets no rights. You're making these claims that we're going to try to put into a police report. Nice. You know, get the ball moving. From here, she kind of, the story pivots away from the legal proceedings. Basically, they file a report and do stuff, but I don't know how far it goes. Yeah. That's just not, that's not what the story is about mm -hmm. from here on out. But, you know, it is a, it, like they did pursue charges and all that stuff. And the diverse attorney just kind of ends it and is like, oh, and I know you lived there for a while, so you probably knew the priest, Father Lyons. Yeah, he died in a car accident, like, a week ago. Okay. And she was pissed, because he escaped. Yeah. He basically, yeah, nobody's going to charge he, him he, now. Yeah. He got off He on, got away with it. Yeah. And thank God he's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for real. Fuck him. Yeah. So, you know, day continues. Everything's pretty normal. The next day... She gets a whiff of mildewy toilet. What the fuck? Just in her kitchen. And she's like, this is a new construction. 
there's not a pipe backed up. Like, this is brand new yeah. shit. And it just kind of got worse. Every day, she would smell it a little more, a little longer. And she's like, it's got sewage has got to be backing up somewhere. Like, this is... And she's like, I don't want to think about Martha. Yeah. And her house just kind of just got colder. Like, she would keep the radiators on in, like, the fall and in the summer. I mean, it's Ireland, so it's colder than here, but she would keep the radiators on all day, and it just wouldn't. She they, she would always need blankets. Jesus. And it just started to get cold, and she started to do anything to get positivity and bring in plants. She would pray, do all sorts of things. Kind of helped. Um, but then she started hearing knocks again. Just weird Shit. knocks. Knocks from inside a closet. Uh-huh. Open and nothing's in there. Like... Knocks from there's no attic, but knocks from the roof, like from yeah. from the ceiling or from under the concrete, like weird knocks Jesus. and noises, voices sometimes. And she started having weird dreams again, mm-hmm. which was a staple of the old house. And she started to do the think you see somebody in the corner of your eye. You turn to look and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So it's great. Fuck. Uh, one one of these days, and I'm I'm describing a pretty good length of time very quickly. Like, it slowly ramped up over probably months. Yeah. Uh, one day she had a headache. What do you do? It's early 2000s. She just goes, puts on the TV, sits on the couch, kind of curls up with a blanket, just, like, closes her eyes. Her kid's playing in the backyard with his friend. Neighbor boy. With the neighbor boy, like... And the, the neighbor, child psychologist lady, is outside hanging washing. Oh, okay. So she's like, okay, I can relax. Yeah. Because this entire time, she's super controlling. Kids are being watched. Of this, of her kid, obviously. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Never, she, but she trusts the neighbor 100%. Like, so everything is good. I can relax for a minute. So she's sitting down and on their entertainment center, you know, where you put like DVDs or VHSs or whatever. Yeah. They would put toy puzzles for oh, okay. Quentin to just play with. Yeah. So he came in, he opened that up, he grabbed a puzzle, closed it, set it down on the coffee table, sat down on the couch next to her. And she's like, don't worry, like, I'm just resting my eyes for a minute. If you need anything, you know, come get me. And he just kind of sits there for a little while. And then she he stands up and she can hear this. You know how you can hear when you're walking through a house. Yeah. You know, you just hear what you're familiar with, the yeah. different creaks and stuff. And so she heard him walk down the hall, go into his room, and close his door. Mm-hmm. And it goes, click, and her eyes open. Because he never closes his door. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just weird. He just never closes his door. There's no reason to. Okay. Like, Yeah. So she's like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. I'm just going to go make sure everything's okay. She gets up, opens the room, the door to the room, and he's not in there. I was like... Okay. And now she's like, did someone, like, kidnap him? Like, what the fuck is it? She yeah, kind of panics. Yeah, my kid? She looks in the backyard. He's not out there. What the fuck? Nobody's out there. Oh, shit. And she's frantically, like, searching the entire house. And the neighbor lady just comes out and says, oh, hey, your kid's just inside there watching TV together. Oh. And she's like, what the fuck? Have, have, did he come over for anything, like, a couple minutes ago? Like, no, no, no. He's been here for... Three hours or whatever. For two hours yeah. or yeah, he's been here the whole time. Like no, he hasn't left my sight. Obviously, I wouldn't. Fuck? I wouldn't let him leave my sight. Yeah. And she's like, okay. He comes home later, and she asks him, "Did you come over like when you were playing?" 
And he said, no, no, no. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. And she's, she's like, I felt him sit next to me. Yeah. And grab the toy from the cake. Like, what the fuck is that? And he says, oh, maybe it's a little boy. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck. And it says, yeah, usually I see him in the garden, but my friend Connor doesn't see him. And some, when I see him in the house, he's crying. Oh, Jesus. And he just says it totally nonchalantly yeah. like kids do. <clears throat> and he's like, ooh. And oh, she, yeah, just that crying kid down the hall. No biggie. Yeah, and then he says, oh, but sometimes I go to talk to him, but he doesn't talk back, and then he goes blurry, and then he goes into the wall. Oh, grand. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, kid. Quentin. Yeah. Jesus. <sighs> so she just doesn't know what to say so she basically just says oh no don't don't worry like don't be scared that's just an angel oh no and he's like no it's not oh god <laughs> no it isn't bitch he knows and she's like no no he's an angel he's sent here to protect you and she's and he's like no he's not he doesn't have wings and she says oh no his wings are under his shirt and he says no he's naked oh god it's a naked crying little boy Grand. Fantastic. They escaped it. And then they fucking didn't. Yeah. (laughs) That's, at this point, I thought the story was ending before this. Yeah. I thought it was closing up because it was really written that way. Oh, geez. So, let me me look how many pages. Okay, yeah, this will be perfect. So, she doesn't know what to say. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. What would you say? Like, I, I would be... I don't even know. Don't even know how you would approach that I don't that even know topic. how I would yeah. start. Fuck. So she's, like, shaking. Because Quentin doesn't really understand what happened. He was too young to really... Thank goodness. He was yeah. too young to really remember anything. Thank goodness, for his sake. Because he's probably... Like six, I would assume. No, I mean, like, like, nowadays. Oh. He's probably my age. Yeah. Yeah, roughly, roughly. I think think he's a couple years younger. But she starts having weird dreams again. Oh, great. Weirdly prophetic dreams. She has one dream about she's going to a wedding, but then as the the wedding goes on, as the day goes on, it slowly turns into a funeral. So basically her life previously? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But she went to her cousin's wedding like a week later and her cousin's father-in-law had a heart attack at the dinner oh weirdly enough so Jesus. it's like strangely prophetic not not direct prophecy but you know omens and shit yeah she also had a dream that there was this priest which she doesn't dream about priests she is very priest averted now for some <laughs> reason she has yeah. a set foot in a church i fucking wonder why yeah and she dreamed of this this old fucking priest, and he had one of those, like, children beaters. Yeah. You know, before they used the rulers, when yeah. they would beat the kids. He had one of those, and he was on a beach. And he was dr- just putting it in the drawing sand, drawing the sand. a line, and he, would, and he said, don't cross the line, don't cross the line, don't cross the line. And that was her dream. Jesus. And she, she went to her neighbor, her friend's house, and was like, I just had this weird dream. With this old priest, with this weird stick. Like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. And the the friend's just like, oh, ha, ha that, that sounds just like my uncle. 
What? Yeah, that sounds exactly like my uncle. He was a priest. He was a teacher. And it was enough that she opened up her photo album. Oh, and it's the shit. priest. It He died 15 oh, years before this. And so she's like, what the fuck is happening? There's priest like iconography in my dreams now. What the like, hell? What the hell is happening? There's a little naked boy running around my house crying that only yeah. my kid can see. What the fuck? And one day, it's 4 a.m., and she wakes up, and she's got sleep paralysis. Feels oh. like a huge heavy weight is on her. And it smelled like Martha's room. And she's sitting there, and she's like, okay, this is terrible. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to panic. I'm just going to get through this. Like, I must be dreaming. Like, that's what you would do. Yeah. And then she, a thought popped in her mind and is like, it's keeping me here to prevent me from going to Quentin. Something's oh, happening shit. with Quentin. And she, like, sees red pupils. Yeah. And just wills herself up. Blacks out, essentially. Oh, fuck. But uh, it, it feels like she blacks out for a split second, but she's in the hallway. She does not remember getting out of bed. She doesn't remember anything. She's yeah. just pinned, freaking out. And then she's in the hallway running down the hall. Yeah. Completely lost that memory. So she, you know, rams into Quentin's room and he's just sound asleep. Hmm. Sound asleep. And he, she's like, ah, this is... Something's not right. Something's, something's weird. It still smells like Martha's room. Like, this is really fucked up. And I, I love... Well, no, I don't love this story. But the... Something that adds to me some credence to this story is the way she's reacting to this is exactly how a normal non-religious person would react yeah. to weird paranormal shit. A lot of us just kind of ignore it yeah, and just deal with it and take things one step at a time. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking roll with whatever you the hell. just roll with it and do your best. Mm -hmm. And so she she's checking on him. She's like, okay, he's fine. And she hears a kid crying. Oh, fuck. In the house. And she's like, what the fuck? What the hell? Like, imagine that. That yeah. would be terrifying. For that real, is true dude. horror. She hears the crying. And she kind of turns around. She looks down the hallway. And it just cuts off. Like, mid-noise. It just cut. Oh. oh, shit. And it's gone. She's like, okay, that's really weird. She's, she's confused. Obviously, it's 4 a.m. So you're kind of like just waking up. And she starts to walk down the hall back towards her room. And she's like, no, no, what the fuck am I doing? I just heard a kid crying. I was pinned to my bed. I'm going to go sleep in Quentin's room and we're going to lock the fucking door. Yeah. Like, and I'm not even going to sleep. I'm just going to sit there. Yeah. Nothing's getting past me. So she goes back down the hall and the crying started again. And she's kind of looking at looking for it, but she's also just going to Quentin's yeah. room. So like she kind of heard it in the bathroom. So then... And she walks to the bathroom, she kind of looks inside, but then suddenly it's in the room across the hall. So she looks over there and then it's over there. Like it's jumping yeah, it's to different bouncing. locations and it moved like at one point it was right behind her in the hall and she turns around and nothing, nothing. And it just cuts off and she's like, you know what? I don't want to find the source of this. I'm not going to look for yeah. this thing. I don't want to do this. So she locks herself in Quentin's room. And the crying is right outside the door. Oh, Jesus. Like shadow under the door, yep. crying noise. 
and it just slowly gets quieter until it's gone. Jesus. Terrifying. Yeah. Like, for oof. fucking real. Somebody needs to make this story. No, don't make this direct story. Just, just skip. skip. There's parts a part where you it. can skip. <laughs> yeah, just make it Martha. Just make Martha a bitch, like she was. But just you can skip a couple. Yeah, parts. you can take the abuse and throw it out the door and just say, "Yeah, he was gay," and they left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, make make her the bitch by uh, forcing her son to hide his gay relationship. Yeah. Like, there you Easy. Go. There you and go. And then that's the story, yeah. and Ed saves him in the end. That's why everybody But they're going to call uh, him Ted. Yeah. That's why everybody hates Martha, and that's why everybody, all of his siblings are, like, shitty. It's fair. Because yeah. they're also homophobic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And they're all worried that Quentin is also gay, and so that's why they don't like him either. Yeah, There perfect. we go. Easy. And that's why there's not... Oh, and yeah. they all get... Uh, their plane crashes. Yeah, after like a family it. reunion, so like they just this. die early. Yeah, this is great, dude. We can make this like some of the haunting shit into a story. Some of this is terrifying. Oh, ow, God, I'm not gonna remember jump. to cut all these out. I'll remember them. It's notifications. <laughs> Sorry, we have notifications on your iPad. What's your problem? Uh, it's just like weird shit that'll pop up. I need to turn them all off. Please do. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> 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 Jesus Sorry, Christ. I'm dying. Um, so, you know, this night was just too much. Quentin didn't wake up at all during the night, so she just dropped him off to school, and she said, fuck it, I hate priests, but I need some kind <laughs> of help. help. Like, who else do you go to in this yeah. situation? So she meets up with Father Maurice Higgins. Okay. And he he's in his late 60s, and she told an abridged version of her story. She left out any involvement with Father Lyons just because it was 2004. That's right when all of the like Catholic father pedophilia stuff were out. Oh, so she was yeah. like, if I, if I tell him about that, he's going to think that I'm just here to get yeah. part of that. Yeah, to get in on that little little sweet cash. Yeah, just to do that. So she she ditches that. She uh, ditches the little naked boy who's crying in our house. Oh, don't ditch She that. ditches most of the abuse and basically just talks about the paranormal parts. Okay. Which I think was stupid. But Yeah, absolutely. She just wanted help. She's very mistrust or distrusting. Of these guys, which is totally understandable. You don't say. I yeah, don't blame her. Totally understandable. So Higgins says, okay, I believe you. Uh, I'm not an exorcist, but, like, how about this? You guys don't go to church. You guys don't want to go to church. You are uncomfortable with this. That's totally fine. I understand that. It's not for everybody. Weirdly understanding priest. <laughs> but he says, and she also said, I don't want anybody to know. And he's like, of course, of course. Like, I totally yeah. get that. So tonight, I'm going to come to your house and just perform a mass for you and your kid. Oh, this will go well. Like, I'm just going to do a little mass. This will work. Quentin was worried when he heard a priest was coming to his house. Yeah. Understandably. And she was like, no, no, this this guy's good. This guy's nice. I'll be here with you the whole time. Took some time, but Quentin eventually warmed up to Higgins because he's just like a grandpa. Yeah. And yeah, they go through. They do the mass. He blesses the house, does all the holy water, and 
everything kind of goes off without a hitch. The house just feels better oh, immediately. Good. And on the way out, he kind of says, oh, it's kind of weird that you don't have any like religious icons like the Virgin Mary or Jesus or any paintings or pictures or anything like that. And he says, well, you know, you can call on my house anytime. This is where my house is. I have a housekeeper. I'll leave a picture, a painting of of the Virgin Mary for you. So you can just come pick it up anytime. Like, don't even worry. I don't even need to be there. Yeah. But please just come get it because it, it's going to keep him away. Okay. And then he leaves. He doesn't say who him is. Oh, shit. But he kind of picks up on the fact yeah. that there's that child there. Like, he saw something. Yeah. But he he didn't talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because he, I also think he didn't think that she knew about it. Yeah. About the boy. That's fair. That's kind of what I'm picking up. So yeah. I'm like, okay. based on the fact that she didn't really, she kept a she lot kept of things out. He's like, I don't want to scare her too much. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to tell this yeah. lady who doesn't know that there's a naked little boy running around crying. Yeah. Oh, but she knows. <laughs> but she knows. So that's why she's like, okay, I will. <laughs> I'll yeah. put up this picture. And things felt really good for about 10 days. <laughs> okay. As it normally does. And, you know, it's, kind of getting into winter <clears throat> quentin one day he she she hears him struggling in his room after he gets home from school mm-hmm. i go okay whatever like not thinking anything of it like yeah it's whatever and she just realizes he's got his arm stuck in his jacket and he can't get it out oh jesus so yeah exactly it's nothing bad so she just <laughs> kind of bends down helps him get the jacket out but he's looking behind her oh and he's like oh hey mom Who's that man behind you? <laughs> this kid is Jesus. terrifying. Yeah. And she says, and she just, as soon as he says that, she feel you know when you can feel somebody behind you, but yeah. they're not touching you? That kind of warmth, that mm-hmm. hair stands up, and Ugh. she's like, there is yeah. somebody standing behind me, isn't there? They're right behind me, yeah. aren't they? Jesus. And she just kind of like, no, no, nobody's here with me shitting herself inside yeah for real and the feeling just kind of goes away and then she stands up and turns around and says, oh no nothing's nothing's there and that day the base the house basically reverts to how it was before the mass oh shit just the the cold the weird visions quentin saw the boy again mm-hmm. it, it was weird quentin saw the boy in their garden he walked inside Walked into Quentin's room and then started praying on the bed. You know how okay. the Catholics do where they're yeah. like on their knees with their elbows on the bed? I mean, I guess not just Catholics do that, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And he sees that, but he sees it from outside because he's looking in the window mm-hmm. from the outside. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? And the kid disappears. Because he's now realizing that's not normal. Like, he's getting older. He's probably yeah. seven. Yeah. He's realizing that he's seeing something that He's realizing aren't. that it's not normal for his best friend not to see this kid, but him yeah, too. Exactly. And the smells come back. The sounds come back. <clears throat> One day, so basically, in the old house, you know, back in Dingle, she, the only way she would get out of the house is do the shopping. She would do it twice a week. Um, here, obviously, things are much better. Like, she's basically able to work a part-time job, pay for a house, and raise a child. Nice. Good for her. It's fantastic. Like, I'm her, her mother helps her a bit, and she's got a great support network. Yeah. So she walks in from getting the, uh, the groceries or whatever. 
She unlocks the door, opens it, and she sees... So it's basically front door, hallway. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of splits off to, like, the kitchen and then different rooms and, like, a living room and stuff. But she sees a black thing, mass, with arms and legs, crawl down the hall from where she is down. Oh, shit. And then through the wall at the end. Fast. Like, inhumanly yeah. fast, just crawling on all fours. No Jesus. discernible head or anything. Yeah, just... Whoop. A mass and arm and legs. Arms and legs. Jesus. Just <laughs> through the wall. And she freaks out. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. And she... Like, she's inside. She's kind of in the kitchen, which I think is closer to the front room. And she's shaking so much that she just calls her friend. Her neighbor and says, I like, you got to come over here. I just can't be alone. Like, her friend doesn't know a lot of what's going on yeah. in the paranormal aspect. Her friend is an expert on everything else. <clears throat> so she's just like pouring herself a glass of wine and spilling the yeah. whole bottle. Like, so her friend comes over and so she opens the door for her friend, and her friend looks behind her, grabs her arm, and pulls her out of the house Jesus. and slams the door and says, what the fuck was that on your stairs? I just saw a black thing on your stairs. Fuck what the that, fuck was dude. that? And she kind of comes clean with the paranormal stuff. Yeah. Finally, she has somebody she can trust and confide in. <clears throat> and she basically shits herself. They stay for... They stay overnight at the neighbor's house that day. Yeah. Just that day? Jesus. Just that day, right? She's ballsy. So she goes back to Higgins basically that night and says, it's back and it's worse. Like, yeah. And that does seem to be a, it's not a rule, but as it's just common, as these things ramp up, as it gets worse, you don't start with black mass figures that run on all fours down your hallway. Yeah. You start with smaller things, noises, things in the corner of your eye, sensations, weird dreams. But when it ramps up like that and it gets that energy, shit's fucked. <laughs> like, that's really bad. So Higgins refers her to Ignatius McCarthy. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's best name. He yeah. is an exorcist. Okay. He's a you know older priest. And so this this book is set up into sections. And each section is a different priest who has performed oh, the exorcism okay. in the story. So like it's two or three from each father in mm. the book so this is his last one. Oh, okay so i've read some of his before uh <clears throat> he's okay he's not my favorite yeah. one my favorite one's the one from the halloween episode but he he's smart enough to separate and understand that not everybody believes it and not everybody has to believe it because yeah. there are a lot of people who are like a lot of the priests who are like you have to have faith or it's not going to work no yeah. he's like have He's faith like, in whatever you need to have faith in, <laughs> but the power that I have is going to work He's anyway because it. I have the faith, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And this this dude's, he's done a lot of shit in his day, back in his day, because, you know, it's not, especially in the early 2000s, it's not like there are a ton of exorcists around. The Catholic Church basically doesn't even acknowledge their own exorcists. Yeah. Especially because a couple people died during a couple of those exorcists <laughs> by not actual exorcists like yeah and there's a lot like a lot of people can't tell the difference between something paranormal and something mental because most of it 
also deals with mental health. Yeah. And that that's I do like this guy because He's he is willing totally to willing both. to acknowledge that someone who is possessed may be schizophrenic, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a spirit attachment yeah. of some sort. That's fair. He can say and see the difference in they could just be schizophrenic. They could ha- just have a spirit attachment. It could be both. Either way, we need to treat them well and you know do what you can to help them. Like, yeah. And I, I do like that about this guy. So Ignatius McCarthy comes to town, um, exorcist style, you know, yeah. <laughs> out of the fucking taxi. No. So he, he shows up and she goes to him and says everything, every ounce of the story from yeah. beginning to end, everything. And he says, shit's fucked, bro. Not really. He, he's like, okay. He's like, oof. Let's go to the house. And he yeah. goes to the house. And I cut out a huge whole monologue about <laughs> faith and forgiveness and all this bullshit. Cut all that out. So don't worry about it. But McCarthy goes to the home and basically tries to exercise the home. Uh-huh. It takes him like three hours he's here. Jesus. It's the middle of the night. And he's doing a little bit of mass. He's doing some some weird Latin. And he's basically saying that little boy is the soul of Father Lyons. That's kind of what I figured. That was That's Father Lyons, and he's being bolstered by whatever was on Martha. Yeah. Like, it's feeding into itself, and it's getting Jesus. worse and worse and worse. And, like... That that's who I think it is. So he's going through. He's doing the you know holy oil. He's doing or the holy oil, the holy water. He's doing the speaking. He he does something weird that I've never seen or read a father a Catholic priest do. But when he's praying, or he does, he, so he prays. But then he also just looks up and speaks in Latin like he's talking directly to his God. Jesus, like this dude's a little wacko, but it's it's cool. Like yeah. It, it's he's very he has his own style it's a little funky he and you know what i like that you put a little stank on it yeah boom it works because it's that intention mm-hmm. you know so he he's doing his shit and he's they're kind of wrapping up and uh her and the kid are kneeling kind of in the front room and he's got the the oil which catholics use mormons use oil too don't they yeah yeah they do olive oil yeah yeah extra virgin not on my watch mm, no way and he does the anointing in oil, and he does the same thing the kid did in the room before. He looks behind them like, what the fuck is that the thing? What the fuck is that? And he just doesn't say anything. The kid's kind of got his eyes closed, so the kid doesn't w- worry. Aaron's like, I'm not looking behind me. Yeah. And he's doing his whole Latin and crossing them and all that stuff. And then he's like, okay, it's done. We're done. Uh, and he he looks at her and he kind of takes her aside and says, you're not going to notice a big difference. It's not going to be a night and day difference. This is going to take some time and you need to keep working on yourself. You know, keep working with your kid. And like, it's okay to acknowledge that you saw some of this weird shit. Like, it's okay. Like, acknowledge it. Yeah. It's okay. But also acknowledge that it's going to change and you're going to be better. Okay. And that night, there was basically no change. They still saw things and heard things. 
But over the next two weeks or so, it slowly got better. Didn't smell as bad. It was a little warmer. Didn't see as many things. Nice. And, you know, essentially from there, as far as we know, because um, this was, they, they interviewed this lady and the priest just a couple years after this ended. Yeah. After this moment. And they were good. They were great. Like. That's good. She was dating. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Quentin's totally normal. Oh, Barely even really? remembers it. Jesus. Remembers anything. He just remembers the priest coming to his house. Yeah. And he had a little imaginary friend. Huh. And well, that's good. Yeah. Jesus. It's a, it's a weirdly positive ending. And then it kind of goes into the, the interviewers, the authors, go talk to the priest and say, what do you think this was? Yeah. What? Do you, let's talk about this. This base understanding. And yeah, we I can spare a minute for... To kind of talk about that, because I, I actually really like his conclusion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was like, yeah, the, the boy, I think, was Lion's, and whatever attached, and whatever was Martha's deal, also fucked up with Lion's. And he basically said it was a generational possession, or attachment, or oh, things like that. Like, okay. somewhere along the line, the family got fucked up. So you don't like, say. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, maybe... It was the grandfather's dad because yeah. Ed had mentioned the grandfather's dad didn't even like the birthday thing. Maybe it attached to him and it just got passed down to, you know, maybe when Ed's dad was doing the horrible shit, Martha was appalled, but then did the thing where he's like, let's just normalize this. Let's do this for the yeah. family. And that thing attaches to her then. Yeah. And then it went and on to the when children. He died, she she still had that fucking evil she on her. She still had it on her, yeah. And it kind of And it passed through. to the kids and yeah. it passed to their partners. And it was trying to pass to Aaron. To Quentin. Yeah. And then trying to attach to Quentin, yeah. Because I mean it had been quiet for a long time, it seems like, until Quentin was born. Huh. Because if you think about it, the last time there were kids in that house is when Ed was a kid. Yeah. So true. as soon when Quentin came about Shit started getting really fucked. Like, it woke it back up. Yeah. Damn. And it, yeah, fucked up. <laughs> Spooky. Totally fucked up. And and that generational, I haven't come across a generational possession type story, but it makes sense. Like, even if it's not a paranormal thing, if you have something fucked up. Like that up kind of trauma and moves poison, from people. Yeah. yeah it, you have generational trauma. That poison that you create moves on through your yeah, kids. It's true. So whether it was paranormal or not, I mean, obviously, you if we're taking this yeah. story at face value, like, yeah, there was a paranormal aspect to it, but yeah. there was also that trauma. A very traumatic aspect Extremely. to it Extremely. Well. Yeah, so. Damn. So it, it, was, it was just an interesting way, because I've never heard somebody actually make the connection of, yes, there was mental illness. Yes, it was obviously genetic, but yes, there was also something paranormal going on that maybe feed off that, that feed maybe that and the mental health like feed into each other. That's fair. And Damn. yeah, fucked up, but they they got out. It's one of the rare stories in this Jesus, book. Jesus, yeah. I think the one that we did for the Halloween special, she ended up killing herself after escaping it for like five years God or something. Damn, dude. So yeah, I mean, it's crazy. They're still alive. The names are all anonymous. Yeah. 
and they're not specific on where they end up living, and obviously, but they're still alive. Like, damn, dude. As far as we know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was what probably two thousand seven. Yeah. Right around there, two thousand five, two thousand seven. Yeah, right in there. Damn, dude. No bad. Whack. A happy ending to a very a spooky happy story, and. I didn't derail you. It's a good story. I couldn't. Yeah, it was. I couldn't cut in with the jokes. It's a spooky one. I mean, it's also really hard to joke about some of the content. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is very true. Um, but yeah. Um, we should probably end it on a story. positive note just so that. Um, uh, what's something positive that's happening in the news? I don't fucking know. Trump nothing. got raided by the FBI. Yeah, for real, dude. Uh, uh, the person, the person that lives up the street, that used to have like their house and front yard decked in Trump regalia and Republican regalia, it is all gone. It yeah. is all down. All gone. They either moved, died, or, or had a change of heart. Yeah, realized that their their Trump Jesus was a piece of shit. So mm-hmm. it's a happy ending for all. Yeah, exactly. So fingers crossed that, that asshole goes away. Yeah. But so you that's know, the positive. That's ending. the positive yeah. part. What you got Trump on is Patreon. being investigated yeah. for the espionage for violating the espionage right. act. Right. Jesus. Something Obama did not do. Um <laughs> uh, so patreon.com forward slash points of pressure. Um we get an extra episode, little side projects. You got like twenty episodes of sloppy seconds. Behind the scenes. Uh if we get 20 patrons, we'll get a tattoo, yeah. a Pressure Points tattoo. Um, yeah, we got... We'll use an AI generator to figure out which tattoo we're going to get. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, not at all. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hop in place if you just want to support us. And you know what? It's okay. Just listening supports us. Yeah, that's uh, Listening, true. telling your friends, uh, your family, anybody who you think would really... Uh, like it or at least download one show would yeah. be super useful passing passing it along to anybody that enjoys it or that you mm-hmm. think might enjoy it if you have a friend that is supporting us yeah um, honestly you don't need to fucking pay us to support us not that we don't appreciate yeah, it entirely not, yeah. and Holy it's literally yeah. oh my the God. reason literally the reason that we can still do this after yeah. so long but you know if you have a friend at buzzfeed or yeah New York Times. New York some Times. Shit. By all means. Uh, Salt Lake Tribune. Eh, Someone that has a, a podcast listener base already. Yeah. Then by yeah, all means, please. let them know Just about tell pressure your friends. Um, but yeah. Um, but the you names. Know, we appreciate that. We got Mini D, Nordic Thunder, and Toddle Waddle. That is the board. The guys that let us do this episode yeah they allowed us they they actually chose the content they approved us us to continue as long as we have a trigger warning actually i insist on the trigger warning it's basically we don't get to choose episodes anymore they They vote to decide them and then force us to do it in a gimp suit well yeah it's really rough i mean in a good way uh Uh, i don't like how much that picks up now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, of course, we got Abby, AJ's third nut, Haley, Thomas, Casey McFacey, Dark Runner, D's Nuts, and Laura Raveau. Thank you guys so much for uh, you know keeping the lights on. Yeah, Is that a that's it. a tone that's a a tone people say? I mean, you've been saying it for like two years now. So it, yeah. have I? Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, there was something else. Oh yeah, next week. 
your episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we decided. Mormons. Yeah. Uh, real or fake? <laughs> yeah. Mormon Do aliens. they exist? Alien Mormons from <laughs> outer space. From, from Planet Nine. Mormon aliens from Mars. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a two parter coming up, so strap in and get ready for that. And as usual, if you have any show ideas, TV, movies, books, music, I don't care if you want to like talk to somebody at all. Like, by all means, reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Points O Pressure, and we'll catch you guys next Monday. <laughs>